Hi friends, uh, we are on Earth Originals with uh, Dr. Anand Ranganathan. Um, I'm Shujara Prashad Chatterjee. I'm, um, in fact, uh, privileged to be uh, talking to a scientist who has a mind of his own, uh, not only, uh, you know, innovating uh, molecular science, but also uh, talking about the nation, thinking about different issues, a political thinker, a writer and an author. Uh, I, I love, his, love reading his works, uh, his blogs, and of course, his writings for many, many years. Um, I'm also uh, a little uh, a little nervous because uh, science has never been my strength. But uh, the, f the first thing that comes into my mind is uh, uh, science and culture uh, is something which is a very important aspect that <clears throat> Earth, as a culture quest, uh, you know, thrives with. And uh, when we say we rediscover, uh, reconnect, and reassign. <clears throat> what do the audience at uh, Earth look for? Should look forward to when in your speech, or what are you speaking on there? If you could, uh, right. Talk first about of all, that. thanks very much. Thank you. It's a real pleasure having you around, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's a very fruitful. I'm really looking forward to this of discussion. Course. And as to the question that you asked, um, you know, I I, I don't look uh, at science just as science per se, which is that you're doing experiments on the bench. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, kind of not doing justice to the whole concept of it. And as I tell my students that at the end of your uh, PhDs, you would get a degree which says PhD, which is Doctor of Philosophy. It's not Doctor of Science. <laughs> Although I think Oxford has DSC, but that's the only place that has it. Every, every other university gives Doctor of Philosophy. So um, there is something grander than just science itself. You know, it leads to something and it should lead to philosophy. It shouldn't lead to questions that are solvable within uh, the period that the person is doing a PhD in. You know, mm -hmm. they should. And even if the questions aren't answered completely, that's that's even better. That means you're on the path to discovery. You know, right. so so I've, I've always looked at science as an amalgamation of everything that I see around myself, including nature, including arts, the humanities, and you know, everything. And it is to draw inspiration from everyday objects. In fact, chemists are. And uh, to some extent, biologists are doing this all the time. You know, they're always drawing a correlation between the arts and the sciences. This is amazing. Yeah. For example, uh, you know, the, the goddess that guards the wealth of Kuber is goddess Yakshi. And if you see her um, uh, statue in uh, sculpture in Khajuraho, yeah. uh, you know, what comes to mind is actually uh, uh, not just a beautiful woman in that wonderful pose, but the the B form of DNA with all the minor grooves and the major grooves. So it's, you know, it's it's to draw inspiration from. So if I look at the way the zipper works, I see that's the way uh, DNA uh, polymerase works. You know, DNA is replicated. Wow. So it's it's always that kind of thing. And this is, uh, this is amazing that, uh, you know, uh, you know, on, on Earth Originals, you basically cast your hearts out. And, uh, you know, if you have downloaded the Anchor app, you would know that how easy and how inexpensive it is. It's nothing fancy, but, you know, with, with brighter minds like you, um, on Earth Originals, we should just cast our hearts out. And this is exactly what we're doing at this moment, uh, right. Dr. Ramanathan. I, Anand, uh, please. Anand, Anand. yes, <laughs> yes, that, that makes it easier for me as well. Anand, um, I was wondering that uh, you're going to be on a panel yes. about Sabri Mala. Yes. Um, yeah. Without uh, letting uh, the cat out of the bag, because I know a lot of people are uh, looking forward to that session, yes. I'm sure. Um, 
what is this whole politics about? How do you look at this? Yes, it's it's a very interesting uh, question, in fact, you know, and I think it's uh, by the looks of it, I've seen the fellow panelists, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but from a scientist's perspective, which means, you know, if you if you were to look at any problem objectively, uh, even if, uh, you know, you find the end result, uh, uh, you know, not going according to what you wish, I think it, it, it is it poses a fundamental problem that is there in our constitution, which is Article 21 and 25, which is freedom for uh, freedom of dignity, freedom of liberty. I think it's in direct contradiction with freedom to, uh, uh, you know, practice your own religion. Mm -hmm. And I think the more people delve into the philosophical aspects of this judgment, Mm -hmm. the more they would realize that, you know, we are, uh, you can say if things are not resolved, this is a quandary. And that is why, and a lot of people miss that. So I'm hoping that, uh, uh, you know, this panel, something really uh, uh, very concrete comes out of it. And if you have a couple of minutes, I mean, I can explain Please to you, do that. Uh, you know, what I actually feel. Of course. And, and one of the one of the beautiful aspects of this whole judgment was even though it went in favor of allowing, uh, you know, the women who were erstwhile barred from entering Shabrimala, it there was a dissenting judgment. Uh, you know, one of the judges dissented and uh, uh, the justice was Indu Malhotra. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, if you recall the iconic statement of this dissenting judge Mm -hmm. in the original Sabribala judgment. She said, notions of rationality cannot be invoked in matters of religion, Mm -hmm. you know. And this is so true because where do you draw the line? Sure. You know, are you going to tell billions that Brahma didn't have four heads or that Prophet Muhammad didn't fly to heaven on a burak or that Jesus didn't walk on water? Yes, the courts do have a role to play in intervening and preventing oppressive and hurtful religious practices. But then again, what is hurtful to you or me may not be hurtful to the believer. For example, I believe that prescribing a dress code is oppressive. But can the Supreme Court ban it? If it does, then it is violating the direct commandments of the Holy Quran. Chapter 24, verse 31, 3359 and 726. Would that be acceptable to all those liberals and feminists who cheered the Shabrimala verdict? It is heartening to hear that the Chief Justice of India said that entry to women through this verdict applies also to the mosques where women are barred. But this is exactly what one wants. No selectivity. But I wonder how this would go down with people with the aforementioned predisposition. Now suddenly you will see them siding with the pro Shabrimala litigants. Coming to the verdict itself, I think it is good that the review has been moved to a larger bench. In the first place, was it discrimination or perceived discrimination? The reason for that is that there are many Hindu temples where men are barred entry and there are many temples where women are allowed entry. Many Sabrimala temples or, uh, you know, you can say Ayappa temples. It is only in the particular Sabrimala temple that because of the vow of the deity to remain a Brahmachari, menstruating women in a particular age bracket are not allowed entry. As for menstruating women, it is forbidden for a menstruating woman to touch the Quran, recite a complete verse, enter a mosque, do salat, perform tawaf, fast, have sex. 5679, chapter 2, verse 222, and Hadith Sharif. So, are you going to redact these verses now? There is a fundamental, as I said, contradiction between articles 21 and 25. If you follow one, you cannot follow the other. 
there are thousands of religious diktats that, dicta that directly contradict Article 21, your right to life, dignity, liberty. And if you are a true Catholic woman, you cannot be ordained as a priest. If you are a true Muslim woman, you cannot sing, you cannot dance, play sports, drink, fornicate, be a homosexual, wear what you want or be an apostate. A progressive secular state that correctly removes discrimination from Hindu religion but cowers behind a lamppost like a wet cat when it comes to other religions is not a progressive secular state in my opinion. You would have to be an atheist to override Article 25 and support 21 at all times. I being an atheist am fine with it. But are you? Are my panelists? Are my countrymen? That is the question. My God. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, these views would be deliberated upon. Yes. To... Uh, uh, at the same time, when I was listening to you, I was uh, wondering uh, if I had to leave aside the scientist and if I had to uh, talk about the humanist in uh, Anand Ranganathan, who's also a very noted journalist who's, who's written so many to uh, actually influence the mind of the readers. What is Anand thinking about the whole issue of gender politics um, in, in the country at this moment? Because, you know, a few moments back, there was a, there was a newspaper cutting, a, a Gujarat newspaper that does actually have a, a sadhu or a, somebody saying that if, if a woman menstruates and she's cooking, right. uh, she's going to be born a bitch in her next birth. Right. I mean, uh, what are we, what times are we living in, Anand? I mean, are we going to, uh, are we saying that we're going back to Altamira to live in or from, from uh, bustling metro cities like Delhi? Or uh, there is something veritably wrong in the mindset. I'd like you to uh, throw some light on this. Yeah, I mean, first of all, with due respect, I think uh, when you said, uh, uh, you know, keep aside your scientist hat and wear the humanist hat, right. I, I think scientists are, you won't find a more humanist person than a, than a scientist. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, meant, of, course, of course, you didn't, you didn't mean it. Like no, that, no, but no. I'm saying there is a lot of misconception sure, sure. that, uh, uh, you know, scientists sure. are professionals in that sure. sense. But sure. I, I think, as I, as I explained, yeah. the whole essence of philosophy includes humanism. Yes. And if you look at Darwin's theory of evolution, which is the cornerstone of human civilization, uh, you know, what we forget, we only remember, uh, you know, one phrase from it, which is survival of the fittest, mm. which incidentally wasn't Darwin's phrase, but no, was inserted it in the second edition. No, of course. But we forget that one of the largest endowments of evolution itself is actually empathy. Yes. And Darwin based his theory of evolution a lot on empathy, which is societal, uh, uh, you know, nurturing, which is cognition. And all these abilities have been... Uh, uh, you know, you can say concretized and have always been present in the human evolution. Our brain, for example, has tripled in volume because of our cognitive, uh, uh, you know, interactions. So, uh, you know, it, it is, it would be wrong to suggest that science does not include a, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, what you would say, uh, what, uh, uh, you know, Zola is prescribed as a humanist. Right. Uh, having said that, I also believe that um, I think the biggest, uh, you can say, uh, mainstreamer of hate mm. and the biggest peddler of fake narrative is religion. Yes. And, um, you know, we are a country where 99.9% I think people are religious. And so, you know, to come back to the question that you asked, I don't think it is just now 
that people are so entrenched in uh, religious diktats or superstitions. I think it has always been so. Uh, and progressively, I think as new ideas come, as people realize, uh, uh, you know, the truth that is slowly being unraveled by scientific discoveries, uh, uh, you know, you would tend towards atheism. Mm. And I think people would leave, uh, uh, you know, these uh, dogmas, religious dogmas behind. It is not happening that much in India. But if you look at Europe, for example, if you look at the turn of the century, last century in, in Britain, where 90 percent, more, more than 90 percent people were very religious, uh, now 65 percent are atheists. And I'm not talking of communist atheists. They're not the true atheists because communism also is a kind of religion. Uh, Lysenkoism, you can say. But I'm talking of, uh, you know, Darwinian atheists. So societies are progressing. Uh, they are not progressing at a pace we would like them to progress. Mm -hmm. But I think change is happening. Yeah, I mean, um, yes, uh, I, I understand the kind of change that you're talking about. At least, um, you know, we would like to envisage the kind of change that uh, would possibly affect the social fabric yes <laughs> you know um and we are on uh, earth originals on spotify and uh, it's it's great to be uh, talking to you uh, about uh, so many things that have that are affecting the entire fabric of the country in different ways but i i was i'm very curious to know i'm sure the listeners would be as well um how do you look at science and culture as uh on of uh, two different entities and how, how, how does it work for a country if you, if you could elaborate yeah, on that. Right. I, I, as I said, I think they're deeply intertwined, deeply. Okay. And um, unfortunately, I, I think because people see science only as something that would lead to a better standard of living, mm. i.e. more technology, uh, yeah, more, science is more, more comfort. More you know, comfort. people nowadays people are always looking at science as giving us more comfort, right. protecting us more through defense technology, right. helping us through satellites or things right. of that sort. Right. But science has an even more invaluable and important role to play, which yeah. is in philosophy, which is in expanding your mind more than giving you comfort. Because one has to ask at the end of the day, you know, are all the billionaires really happier than? We are, you know, they can buy everything, but are they really happy? So what is this, uh, uh, this thing that makes you happy? And ultimately, uh, you know, what makes you happy and content is obviously not money or technological development. No. It is the understanding and, uh, uh, you know, the, the way you structured or restructured your mind, your yeah. mind space. And... Um, uh, I don't, uh, you know, maybe I might have come across as very derogatory towards religion. There are many aspects of early religions that I truly admire. For example, uh, devoid of spirituality. I think the religion that comes closest to science is actually Jainism. Mm. And, you know, the renouncing of the world. Mm. It is an incredible concept because when you were saying, when you were talking of gender, how do you, I, I didn't answer that question. I forgot about it. I, I see us as bunch of cells. We are a bunch of cells, you know, there's, there's no difference between really the way a bacteria lives and the way, uh, you know, all of us do. So I see uh, humans, men and women as XX and XY chromosomes, nothing more, nothing less, you know. And, That's such uh, a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. Um, as Ranga uncle, uh, <laughs> the man who uh, used to write uh, for, uh, I mean, you know, I, I brought in the, uh, the idea of Ranga uncle because mm -hmm. Ranga uncle is... 
uh, is that uh, person lives in you as yes. well as alter ego. We live we live many mind. lives. Yes. Um, uh, is Uncle still writing? Uh, uh, no. In fact, the whole thing started. The genesis was that I started to draw doodles, you know, okay. of uh, okay. a lot of journalists and yeah. things of that sort. And those doodles were drawn by someone who was called <clears throat> Rangarajan. Rangarajan, In short, yes. Ranga uncle. Ranga uncle. So he was my alter ego. He was deeply religious. He was a bureaucrat. Okay. He was, in some sense, you know, kind of uh, uh, <clears throat> very lordly at home as well. And he would be a fumbling. So it, it was a mix of Monty Python and, mm. uh, you know, yes, prime minister kind of a guy. Okay. So that was, but then I, I haven't drawn a doodle since last four or five years. I kind of, you know. Moved on from You've there. You've kind of moved on from so, yeah. there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, what is very interesting is uh, you, your writings uh, in News Laundry or otherwise have also, apart from being very in-depth, has also been very satirical yes, uh, in times. Yes, and I love that. I, I, I really enjoy that edge that you bring in to your writings. Um of course, uh, you know, uh, satire is part of literature, literary idiom. I'm not even going into that, but uh, let's understand the, the, the entire political fabric of the country at this moment. Uh, how do you see science, uh, uh, at least apart from uh, the visual comforts that a layman would kind of look forward or a laywoman would look forward from science. How do you see science influencing the entire political fabric of the country? Uh, if you could throw a little light on that. Yeah, I think that the two aspects, it's a very interesting question because um, there is a series that I'm co-authoring, uh, okay. uh, you know, for the last couple of years. Uh, and it's on forgotten scientists of India. Okay. So, you know, so when, when we think of rewarding and awarding a lot of people, for example, uh, you know, the Padma Award season is over and things of that sort, we hardly remember, uh, you know, a lot of great scientists. And the more we delve into their lives, we've realized that it is endless because interwoven with those lives is actually the history of India itself, of modern India or, you know, 18th century, 17th century, 19th century India. So uh, the more we discover the, these lives of scientists who've forgotten, who, uh, you know, forget about Bharat Ratna, uh, you know, their discoveries could have fetched, uh, in many instances, one person, three Nobel Prizes, you know, the groundbreaking discoveries, for example, right. you know, CAT scan, uh, Phi-Sci plot, collagen, the invention of fingerprinting, the, uh, the uh, discovery of a drug that cured Kala Azar mm -hmm. and saved millions of lives, things of that sort. But they didn't even get, I mean, forget about uh, Nobel Prize or Bharat Ratna. They didn't even get Padma Shri, you know. And then you realize how much importance do we hold. Forget about scientists, about science and the discoveries in our country. So I think if this culture has to change, it has to change not from bottom up. It has to change from top down. And I mean that if you look at in the last three or four years, uh, I, di I did that tabulation once and I found out how many of the scientific, sci uh, you know, what is the budget for all the scientific agencies. Mm. Uh, and I found out that under uh, Mr. Narendra Modi, the highest year on year increase is actually on Department of Space, 25% increase every year. So uh, I, I think 
uh, although I'm not very sure because I mean of course it's great science you know don't don't get me wrong no, no, of course. space science is great science and a lot of discoveries that happen when you uh, uh, you know uh, take a satellite up in space or go to Mars are slowly trickled down to the normal lives as well this is what happened during the 1969 mission to the moon as well sure but uh, a lot of that money us being a poor country is being spent on on space science that should also be distributed amongst a lot of fundamental sciences. You That's know, right. Physicists, That's mathematicians, right. chemists, biologists. That is not happening to the degree we would like. And I've, I'm trying to think why that is so. Maybe it is to do with this, uh, you know, reinvigorated spirit of nationalism that sending a rocket in space or going to Mars somehow, you know, kind of swells our chests you know, uh, makes us so much more proud to be an Indian than to have discovered a drug or, uh, you know, to have come up with a mathematical formula, which could be important five years down the line, but not is not uh, thought of as currently. Mm -hmm. So I think the politicians really have to have a relook at the way science is made to function in this country. And it is important that yeah. a, a relook, a re-engineer, a complete re-engineering is probably required. Yeah. Um, we're on, on Earth Originals uh, on Spotify with uh, Anand Ranganathan. And of course, uh, if we are talking about science, then apps are a part of uh, science and yes. technology and if you have uh, haven't then please download the anchor app because uh, it is easy it is not expensive it doesn't require fancy equipment but it's just the way that you should be casting your hearts out in modern india um, friends we uh, you know we're speaking to a very very bright and important mind in the country today um, anand uh, what is also very relevant for me is to understand that uh, when you uh, talk about uh, you, you were talking about how how politics is is to be re-engineered i'm just curious to know that are scientists in in this country thinking about uh, creating a, a forum where they could address, uh, you know, bigger issues, bigger social issues than they were addressing 50 years back. I mean, is this, is this happening in our country? It, it is happening, but it is not happening to the extent and the speed with which I would like. Okay. I think scientists are generally quite reticent, quiet people. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, there's nothing better they like than to be tucked away in their lab and doing their work. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know how it happened that I kind of came out and started writing uh, you right. know, things that were not right. scientific and then one thing led to the other and you know I am where I am where I deliberate on issues that are non-scientific as well and yeah. I think along the way I've realized the importance of that mm -hmm. and just to give you one example which is that uh, you know, 50 years down the line, we are going to be in a huge mess uh, mm -hmm. because our water, uh, water availability is going to... Uh, you know, shoot down drastically. Mm. Uh, the food availability is going to uh, suffer a huge setback as yeah. well. We see, I mean, with the with the current technology that we have, we simply cannot feed, uh, you know, our people. The alternative is genetically modified, you know, GMO food, GM mm -hmm. food. Uh, for example, you have, uh, you know, rice that has vitamin C and mm -hmm. so many other things. You have BT brinjal, you have so many other things. Yeah. Now, in India, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, of course, I am pro-GMO because I have looked at, I've written on it extensively and things like that. I'm not, I'm not against people who are against GM. What I'm saying is unless a, a rational, logical debate happens in this country, 
we would uh, the whole debate would be overrun by people who do not understand in detail about this whole very important aspect perhaps the most important scientific uh, if i can say donation to this country which is the gmo of course and uh, what is happening right now is that you would have activists who are burning fields gmo test fields mm. and scientists who've developed gmo for example gm mustard but they have developed it 15 years ago the government isn't giving any clearance because you have one aspect of the government who are like against it and they always go from one committee to the other and you know it goes on and on and on yeah. meanwhile you have a country like bangladesh mm. that has already growing now i think you know huge chunk of its brinjal is actually bt brinjal and we lag behind so uh, you know these are the things that i think i would like uh, our scientists to come out and deliberate more but i think with social media this is already happening a lot of scientists are on social media Fantastic. they are interacting with the public so i think this is good news we are on earth originals on spotify with anand ranganathan and we are talking to a scientist who's an author who wears a lot of hats uh, to run his show and i'm very happy to be interacting with him my name is shujay prashant chatterjee i'm an interdisciplinary artist and uh, i was wondering that uh, as science kind of integrates different aspects of life and you need to talk about it you need to cast your hearts out i hope you're doing that on anchor app which is easy and free and inexpensive and doesn't require any fancy equipment and you just need to cast your hearts out you need to tell your stories as we are doing this with anand anand um have you ever thought of making films yes all the time in fact that is one of the things that because you know the kind of stuff that you write is so as is so it, it it's like images all the Thank time you and for you... realizing that i'm so happy you have done it <laughs> uh because to me and i've thought about this i think the the one form of art that is the greatest form of art in my opinion is actually a motion picture and i'll tell you why uh, because it encompasses all the threads that separately are great for okay. example music uh, uh you know uh, literature uh moving uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh you know uh, frames yep. symbolism mm-hmm. acting emotions of course, of course everything and you know if so that that's my dream that's one thing that before i die i i plan to do mm-hmm. and uh if if you look at um in fact uh, you know i think i can't remember was it 4 years ago or 5 years ago i uh, i was during during an interview i said look uh, uh you know bob dylan what he does is actually literature but he would never get the nobel prize and 2 years later he actually got the nobel prize for songwriting i'm so delighted yes. yeah. and the same is with ingmar bergman i mean if you look at if you oh, i love ingmar bergman isn't it amazing it's, it's, it's just amazing. incredible but if you if you were to remove yourself from you know his filmmaking and just for example read the script it is pure literature it is riveting i mean one example is scenes from a marriage that is just uh, i would say a nobel prize winning book I, i think wild strawberries scenes from yes. marriage cries and whispers incredible absolutely These incredible films incredible. you know i i talked about film because uh, you know films also have a science you know yes. and, and and that science is the science of hearts right. you know something which uh, for me uh, 
any of Ray's script, Satyajit Ray's script is is like a literary piece. Yes, you know, so it's, it's it's like that. Even Ritwik so Mahanagar. So I have I have a list of the greatest films. Okay. Uh, I don't know whether this is the forum to dis- disclose it or not. Yeah. Uh, the, fa- the, the first is uh, number one is um, uh, Subarna Rekha. Oh. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah I mean you cannot and I, I'm not just saying it as uh, as someone who's completely detached because I understand being an Indian there is an element big element of emotion that comes into it it is simply mesmerizing coming back Nothing to, uh, to uh, I mean it's it's great to know how how much uh, how much love you have for the uh, for the for the images of, of cinema but uh, the books that you write right the rat lover is yeah, rat eater. the rat, rat eater, eater. Yes. is your new book it's the new one yes. uh, what is it about so this, this is this is a book uh, that is co-authored with Chitra Subramanian yes and this has been released I think last last month by Bloomsbury okay and it, it is it's very interesting because um, intertwined uh, or uh, uh, you know in between the chapters is non-fiction commentary which Chitra has written wow. so the novel is fiction the story is fictional the commentary uh, is non-fictional. The commentary is non-fictional, and That's of course, amazing. the first time it was done by uh, was done by Steinbeck in the mm-hmm. Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. and which was incredible. And then you realize that sometimes, is, yeah, isn't it? It's amazing, it's incredible. The depression. But the, the movie was a cop out because yes. the the most exhilarating passage from the Grapes of Wrath is, in fact, not the passage, is the last sentence. The last. I don't want to give that away. Yes. And uh, it was, I, I think. Um, uh, uh, they were too cowardly to put it in the movie. Yes, yes. Uh, but it's in the book and it's just yes. incredible. But as far as India is concerned, I was struck by the fact that so often it is so difficult to disentangle and to think what is fiction and what is non-fiction in this country. Yes, it is. So many things difficult. we think, look, this this cannot be true. And they are actually true. And the birth of this novel was when I read, uh, you know, in a newspaper that a pregnant, heavily pregnant mother went into the toilet of a moving train and you know the toilet of yes. our trains there's a hole so you can yeah. see the uh, uh, you know the tracks the as tracks. the train moves and she delivered and the child fell through that hole in the uh, in the indian toilet yes and uh, the train stopped and there was a lot of hullabaloo and the child survived the baby survived and i thought look this is impossible you know how is this this is complete fiction this is fiction but this was not this was true and I thought, how can, how can, and there are so many stories like that. So I thought, you know, to give the readers a better perspective after they are breathless from reading the chapter, which is fictional, you know, let them get a hang of that. Look, this is actually not fictional. You know, things like this happen. So Chitra has provided the non-fictional commentary on, you know, the chapter that has just gone past. And then the story moves on. Lovely. Yeah. I'm going to close this uh, by asking you something else. Yeah. Uh, you teach molecular science. Yes. Is that just a job or you enjoy teaching uh, molecular science? I, uh, so I, I, I love teaching uh, okay. molecular science and I, I have a lab as well. Mm-hmm. I have a dozen students. So there's research and teaching as well. So uh, is uh, I'm, what I'm trying to ask you is, do you think that you, uh, are you are you trying to innovate something out of uh, this aspect of science or is it uh, just something which you're passionate about? Yeah, both. So, okay. I mean, I work in the field of tuberculosis and malaria. Okay. And we've we've got uh, quite quite a lot of success recently. Okay. Uh, and uh, I collaborate heavily. That's one thing that I think yes. science 
teaches you and if you would see arts teaches you also that uh, but you know the interesting thing is for example this uh, you know i'm a lot of my work that i'm doing non scientific is actually either co-authored mm. or like this novel which it tries co-written yes yes even for love and honor was born out of deliberation over weekends about how the story would progress it's a beautiful you novel. know so i i i love to bring this aspect into uh, but in science i mean in in arts uh, i don't uh, I mean I've always wondered why it's actually not very successful the collaboration I mean for example the Beatles broke up Simon Garfunkel broke up you know so I I don't know a lot of groups break up uh, maybe there is a lot of uh, uh, you know strength and personal I'm not saying ambition but personal assertion in us that look I'm looking at it this way and uh, this works best in science it's never like that it's always yeah. self doubt you know yes of so um uh, it, it's nice to think about both things <laughs> both can uh, you know kind of uh, survive together fantastic uh, we had uh, anand ranganathan on uh, on earth originals on spotify um i'm sure like many of us are uh, looking forward to hear uh, anand speak at uh, at earth a culture quest which is a zine initiative in this weekend do not miss uh, speaking to him hearing him aloud about his thoughts as he casted his arts out with me on spotify anand thank you very much for real pleasure being uh, with yeah. us um we would like to uh, sum this up by just asking you uh, if you had to uh, say it in a few lines what should the listeners expect from you in your talk how would you summarize in a couple of lines that right i would say i i look at uh, science and the arts as not separate uh, streams fantastic uh, i i i see both of them as in fact streams joining and merging to form a river mm-hmm. in which we must dip and enjoy fantastic thank you very much <laughs> thank you very much Thanks. kojo 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 Yeah.